Thank you for tuning in to In the Vine Dating Podcast. Today, we'll be continuing our newest segment called Who's in the Vine, released every Monday, where Melissa will be interviewing different guests to talk about the questions you ask. And remember to follow up every Thursday, where we will further discuss any questions or responses you may have. Please enjoy, and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who's in the Vine Monday. I shouldn't yell like that because I'm Salvadorian and this poor mic is very small. But I am so nervous, actually. I've had a lot of guests sit in front of me. Um, However, (laughs) this is a new level. This is different. This Mm -hmm. is... Holy. I'm nervous too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm just um, more than more than nervous. I think I'm just very excited, as I always say, in order for us to be able to share this story. And so um, here with me, I have Shahina, which is how you pronounce your name. Hi. <laughs> I think close, I close, close. <laughs> How do you pronounce it? Actually, I couldn't pronounce it any better than you just did. Oh, okay. It's, it's yeah, it's Shahina. <laughs> Now you got me all tongue tied. Shahina. Shahina. Yeah, I got it in there. All right. Yeah, I still pronounced it wrong. I'm sure there's a lot of Jewish speakers out there that were very upset. Yeah, what's the word? <laughs> what's the word? They just cringed. There yeah. you go. Okay. So, um, Shekhina today is actually going to talk about something that we've never really touched on um, on the podcast for various reasons. And this is actually, I think, the first time that many people will be hearing this story. Yeah. And so, um, so what many of our listeners don't know about Shekinah is that, uh, yeah, I'm just going to be saying it differently every time. Good job. Uh, <laughs> is that she actually um, just recently went through a divorce. And yeah. so it was one of the most, I mean, seeing it from an outsider's perspective, it was definitely one of the most horrific things that I personally have ever seen one of my friends go through. And it was very difficult to watch. Um, so I can't even imagine what that must have been for you. I said I wasn't going to cry, and I was making fun of you. And yep. now, now I feel it. Look, I brought puffs with lotion. Do you want some? Sponsored by ShareBear. <laughs> I came prepared. Yeah, I think I'm going to want yeah, do one. It, do Dang it. it. Told you. Told you. Uh, I... brand name, <laughs> brand name tissue brand here name right tissue. now. Wait. Yes. Okay. Great, 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 great. <laughs> Okay, so yes, um, we're going to be doing that a lot, just so you guys know, because that's our coping mechanism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, she kind of went through a divorce. And so tell me, how do you even want to <sighs> go into that? Well, it's funny because, um, well, first I want to address why we haven't talked about it. Yeah, good um, idea, good idea. <laughs> um, I remember the first time that you asked me about it, the very first podcast that we, were, we planned to do together, um you asked me you know how do you want me to introduce you mm-hmm. and I was like what do you mean I'm Shekinah <laughs> and he said no like yes he and Denise are married I'm single like are you are we going by divorce or single and I was like neither <laughs> yeah I was so not ready to talk about it um because I mean my papers my divorce papers just came in the mail last week so that's wild uh yeah I haven't been ready to talk about it at all um but the Lord's been really on me about that. And you asked me, well, can we at least talk about it one-on-one on a podcast? Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, maybe. And I started praying about it. I wanted to say no. Oh, I, yes. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Because, um, yeah, I'm, I'm still in a lot of pain. I'll admit right, that. Like, yeah. I'm not on the other side of this. But I am going through it. And although God has met me in such miraculous and awesome ways, to talk about this for the first time publicly – Mm-hmm. I mean, there's still people who don't know. I've been visiting friends and family for the holidays, and everyone's been like, so how's married life? Yeah. And I'm like, it's not good. <laughs> you know? like they're hearing about it for the first time. Yeah. I haven't been talking about it on social media. Um, so, yeah, I was just – the reason we haven't t- talked about it on the podcast, and there's been times where it's hard, because especially this last podcast that we yeah. did, yeah, yeah. I, I first of all want to say I want to apologize to our listeners and it's out of just selfishness, if I'm being completely honest. Um, we were talking a lot about, our last podcast was talking a lot about dating in regards to what my mom had spoken about um, in her interview. And there were so many points that I could have come in 
with personal experience on, mm. but I didn't. And instead I shared stories of other people and friends that I've known. And um, I don't want this podcast to be about that. And although the stories that I shared um, were from years and years ago, it just wasn't right of me to make that a focal point, you know, other people's experiences. So I do want to apologize to our listeners. It was selfish of me. Um, it was me trying to protect myself and trying not to make um, my marriage at any point a topic, if that mm, makes sense. Makes sense. And so I do want to apologize to our listeners for that because I don't want this is not gossip hour. You know right, what I mean? Like, right. yeah. um, but anyway, so yeah, I want to apologize about that. But also going back to why I haven't shared this, there's still a brokenness there. Okay. So before we move on to that, though, mm-hmm. I think, um, I think the apology is definitely fair, but at the same time, and I think many of our listeners would agree, especially the ones that know you, maybe I'm being a little bit biased, but um, I think it's understandable, right? Because, um, and I think we all use different people's stories and not, yeah. and not to be able to use that, like, I mean, unless they signed, they made you sign some, like, do not disclose <laughs> no. information, right? Um, but I just wanted to interject with that because oh. I for sure know who you are, right? And I know that you wouldn't, even though there was a, you say selfishness, but I just think it was not time yet. And the Bible says, for everything, yeah. there's a time. And so well, thank just you wanted for that. to say that. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. I walked away just going, oh my gosh. Because all all, honestly, all the podcasts that we've done have been pretty easy. I've been able to steer away from that. Yeah. Um, this last one, though, was hard for me. Like, yeah. It was really hard. So I'm glad that we're doing this now. Yeah. It's just the timing of it is just <laughs> The perfect. timing of it yeah. works out. Um, but anyway, so why haven't I talked about this previously? Well, yeah. get, I'm getting there, I promise. <laughs> um, my long explanation. Um, really, the truth is, is um, if I'm being totally honest, there's a few reasons. One, because when we first started this, we were trying to reach out to different churches and different pastors to mm-hmm. be invited into this with us so that we can involve the community. And so I really didn't want to throw off pastors because I know that the topic of divorce is very taboo mm-hmm. in many churches. It's just not talked about. And then if it is talked about, it's you just don't do it. Mm. You know, there's not a whole lot of teaching. And um, so I really didn't want to you know, turn away our listeners and potentially turn away uh, pastoral support from the community mm-hmm. of uh, talking about my divorce. I just really didn't want that to be an issue. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling you that, and I remember saying, like, I'm not, like, we're doing a dating event. I am not good advertisement. I am not a success story here. <laughs> I really don't want to, like, you know, turn people away from what we're trying to do. And do you remember what you said to me? I said, screw them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, screw them. That's not the people we want to come anyway. Yeah. Heck no. First of all, like, don't get me on this rant. <laughs> but to me, if anybody is turned off by real life experiences, then where is the heart of a shepherd? Mm. Like, if you're not willing to walk with your people through the trenches and counsel people to that, that's when we have those freaking weird cults, right? Like, ugh, gross. I want to throw up right yep. now. Yep. <laughs> Anyway, and your response actually made me cry and was Mm. what made me feel comfortable doing this. And so I I didn't want to just. (laughs) I'm not crying, you're crying. Um, So that's why I agreed to do it because of that response. And I felt so respected as Mm. a person. And um, it was just further evidence. And not that I haven't already known this about you, but it was just further evidence that the heart behind these events and what we're talking about is really God's heart. Right because you weren't looking for um, sponsors or you weren't concerned about which pastors we could get on our side or what churches or people you were, you wanted to talk, you want to talk about what's real right. and what's going on in the body of Christ. And so that made me go, okay, mm-hmm. I think I could talk about it here. Yeah. Um, another reason is just a lot of fear and I'm not going to lie, humiliation. I, I'm humiliated. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Um, let me just break down the timeline for our listeners. I got married November 2021. Mm-hmm. I separated November 2022, and my divorce finalized last month, 2023. Crazy. <laughs> November of 2023. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is all very real, very fresh, and I'm not gonna lie, it's, it 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 came by surprise. And so to talk about it, uh, I had to work through, and I'm still working through the embarrassment of it. If I'm being completely honest. Yeah. You know. Um, so that was, there was a few reasons why I didn't want to talk about it. And, but when I agreed to do this, I remember, I remember praying to God and I was like, God, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in a place of authority or victory to talk about this yet. Like, I can't talk about this. I'm still broken. Mm-hmm. And his response to me was good. Hmm. Good. 
share that. Talk yeah. about that. Talk about what you're going through now. Because right. that's all I can do, right? Yeah. You know? yeah. So that's, that long explanation was why we didn't talk about it, but why I'm ready to talk about it now. That's good. And I, honestly, I think the timing is so perfect. And uh, I know the reason for me, right? And, um, and just to see it all unfold through the entire process, um, I think, I mean, they already know what, like, how good this is going to be, and it's projected already, but I think people are really going to be shocked, not just um, in what you're saying, but shocked in how so much redemption can come out mm -hmm. of such a horrific story, right? Oh, for sure. And so, um, and I'm not using that word horrific lightly, just so you guys know. Um, <laughs> okay, so... I think one of the, the things that gets me the most is, right, like, because of what happened, it doesn't negate God's goodness, and it doesn't negate the process, right, that we're supposed to follow. Um, abiding by the rules and everything, like, um, kind of irrelevant, but not really. Like, for example, when it comes to parenting, right, there's parents that did everything right. Mm -hmm. that did everything absolutely right and their kids still decide to do whatever they want to do and I remember um your mom or no Pastor Adriana actually she once messaged me because um, I was giving advice to somebody that was going through something with their kids and she was like just remind them that God was the most perfect father is the most perfect father and Adam and Eve still sinned they were in the most perfect conditions yeah. they were in like they had whenever we think about paradise like they were in that and they would still manage to sin, right? Mm -hmm. And so it had nothing to do on God's part. It had everything to do on their decision. Mm -hmm. And so talk to me about that, like the process of leading up to the to even finding this man, like the courting, yeah. like that timeline. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've been talking, you guys, you've are, we've already interviewed both my parents and you've heard their stances on things. And I was their little prodigy, prodigy, you know, <laughs> like when it came to dating, I did everything the way that you're supposed to, right? We courted, um, we didn't do anything in bed, you know, right. before marriage, like completely did everything the right way. And he was all, all for it, right? Yeah. Totally respected that. When I say that my dating relationship with my husband was perfect, it was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Um, I don't say that lightly. Uh, so I'm going to try to buzz through really quickly what that looked like. Um, we actually met in our workplace, and I did not like him at all. Right. At all, because he wasn't Christian, and he definitely didn't live a Christian lifestyle. Um, fast forward a few years, he we haven't seen each other, talked to each other, slides into my DMs, and <laughs> starts in yeah, freaking DMs, man. He starts talking about the Bible, and I was like, this fool. Mm. <laughs> I know Christian this girls. Christian yeah. girls, we fought for this. Yep. For the, I mean, not that the word of God is silly, but. Yeah, and I was like, this guy, he thinks, you know, um, but he was persistent. I turned him down several times, yeah. um, but he was persistent, not like in a creepy way, but it got to the point where I was like, fine, yeah. I'm interested, you know, and um, when I went on my date with him, our first date, I didn't go all excited and cute and like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> I went with a plan. Like you guys heard our last podcast when I talked about how I give that speech of this is not the kind of girl that I am, mister. I gave him that speech. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, first of all, I don't know what your game is, but I'm a Christian Christian. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not like, oh, I'm just raised in church. But like on the weekends before Sundays, I'm just getting like slammed. Like, right. mm -mm. like I'm a Christian Christian. Yeah. And I broke it down for him, like who I was and how my faith is real and how my faith in God and my relationship with God come before everything else. And, you know, if you're looking for anything, you know, fancy, you know, <laughs> if you're looking for anything outside of that, that's not me. Yeah. And I was like, I can respect that that's your choice, but that's not me and this isn't going to work. Yeah. I need you to know that. And me expecting fully for him to just walk away and be yeah. like, oh, no. He was all in. He I was know. like, yeah, yeah, all in. I remember that night, Ashley and I, because we were, we all lived together at that yeah. time. Um, even Ashley and I were like, dude, where's Shekinah? Yeah. Like, we talked we, for six hours straight. We, we were shook. We were like, first of all, we expected this girl to come around like 
an hour later and then she wouldn't even text us back we're like what we're in, in the we're world? A deep conversation i yeah. was surprised i was expecting to scare him away really because mm -hmm. again the person who i worked with was not that person mm -hmm. and he's talking about he's like no no, no I, i've been going to church i'm saved i've been you know having one-on-one -on -one meetings with my pastor i'm really like invested in this and i was like boom married <laughs> say less <laughs> exactly no we dated for a year um or courted i know people get a for little a year weird. Mm -hmm. for a whole year that. we dated for a year um mm -hmm. and uh he was coming to church he served in our church loved our family all of our dates were with my parents not because they're our chaperones because we genuinely love spending time yeah. with my parents they're cool people mm -hmm. and uh we went on family vacations together like all of it. We did premarital counseling after we got engaged. I mean, even your parents, like your parents, your sister, everybody was there. Everybody was involved. Yeah. Every yeah, my my family helped him. My sister used her birthday um, as an excuse to surprise me with the proposal. So mm -hmm. we went to like a, the whole family was involved even in that. Yeah. So um, yeah, when I say like he was, he was he was serving God, totally respectful. We prayed at the end of every single date. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a single date we missed that. Um, we studied the word together. We did devotionals together. I mean, yeah, it was I, check, check, check yeah. on everything on the exactly. freaking list. And I remember one time my dad asked me while we were dating, is I'm gonna ask, like when we started getting really serious, he goes, Could you marry him for who he is now? Right? Mm -hmm. And I was, he was like, Really think about that. Don't expect, like, don't, if there's anything that you want to change, about him now don't expect that to change in your marriage hmm. you know um my dad always asked that question that's good. of is this person is this the person you want to marry yeah right now he was like and don't ask me now like really think about it really pray about it because if things don't get better is that okay that's good and so i remember like I, I combed through everything i took that question seriously i started praying about it i started combing through every little thing that annoyed me about it and i was like could i handle that the rest of my life you know yeah. <laughs> like, and i was and i went back to my dad later and I was like yes biggest smile on my face yes yes I can I can marry this person for who he is now so um yeah we got uh, married and right away I'm talking like the week after the honeymoon everything changed he was a completely different person um was very dismissive very rude very mean was never coming home everything I did was wrong I mean, the person that I had dated was just non-existent. I remember calling my mom, bawling my eyes out, going, who did I marry? What happened? What do I do? And she's calming me down. She's just like, you know, I'm not justifying his behavior, but just wait till after the holidays. Maybe he's just working that out. You know, you guys are yeah. newlyweds. Like, maybe he's just handling it stressfully or right. not taking the changes well or whatever. Just wait for the holidays. If it still continues, then address it. So I waited for after the holidays, and it got worse. And that's when I discovered that um he had somehow hidden the fact that he was an alcoholic and addict for me all throughout our dating relationship that's crazy and it's crazy <laughs> i still think about it and i'm like it's crazy how do you miss that it's it's crazy because you were involved oh. in my relationship my parents were yeah. involved the church was involved we did premarital counseling i mean how do you yeah miss that we sniff these like these things out before they come through the oh, door yeah. like and we talked about it we were weird. it's so crazy yeah very strange um but it just goes back to this is something that he struggled with since he was 16 years old so he got really good at you know yeah. living this way yeah. and being normal through this this being an average part of his life and um I right away was asking my parents, do I get a divorce? And my, both my parents had different answers. <laughs> dad was, you know, dad being my dad yeah. was just like, look, here's a thing. Actually, I'll get to my dad's answer later. But my mom was the one that encouraged me to, you know, if you want to. They both said, if you want to get a divorce, we fully support this. Yeah. You're, you have every right to at this point. But my mom encouraged me to um, maybe get a separation first. Mm -hmm. and see if he's willing to implement the changes that he needs to. And my dad uh, reminded me, he goes, here's the thing. I need you to really think about this. He goes, with as much as he hid from me, as much as he lied about, even if he were to start doing the work now, even if you were to do everything right, it would take, and my parents have been doing this for nearly 30 years, so they, they've seen it all. 
He goes, even if you were to do everything right starting now, it would take a minimum of two years before you started seeing major changes until you can start trusting him again. Yeah. And he was like, so I really want you to think about that. I want you to think about the things you'll be risking, having kids, bringing kids into this, not even sure if you will commit, all of these things, right? And he was like, if you decide to divorce him, I fully support it. If you decide to stay with him, I'll fully support it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even think about it. I was just like, no, I'm going to fight for my marriage. Yeah. I wanted to believe that this wasn't in vain. Right. You know, because at this point, we're only a few months in. Yeah. So I decided to stay. I decided to fight for my marriage. He... He made the promise to fight for our marriage, and I thought, okay, here we go. We're in this together. Um, but unfortunately, anyone who has struggled with addiction or if you loved an addict knows this pattern all too well of there's the relapse, the lie that follows, then the anger, then the apology, um, new promises, maybe even doing something big in that moment to solidify that promise and to prove that you're actually sorry and then a relapse and then the lie and then the anger it's a cycle um that cycle never broke throughout Mm -hmm. our entire marriage um and his longest streak of sobriety was an average of 10 days throughout our entire marriage his his record was 11 days so an average of every two weeks for 12 months straight We went through this cycle, and each time it got significantly worse. Mm -hmm. I was just tired, and I was done. Our first year anniversary, we spent in an intensive center for married couples, Mm -hmm. uh, hoping that that would be, like, what saved our marriage, you know. Um, It still wasn't enough because right after that, same cycle, same pattern. And it got to that point where I kind of just gave him an ultimatum. You know, I just, after 12 months after that, I gave him that ultimatum and I told him, you know, one more, I, I, one more relapse and, and we're done. Um, one more relapse, you are choosing divorce. And that was the very night that, well, he responded with, I'll do whatever it takes to save our marriage. I'll come home tonight and we'll talk more about it. But that was the night that he didn't come home hmm. and he turned off his phone. And so I went out the very next morning uh, as soon as the courthouse opened, and I got the papers. That's (laughs) – it is (laughs) – it's crazy because I know that that is summed up, right? Super summed up. (laughs) Yeah, summed up. And because at the end of the day, like, I know – I even know your heart, and you're trying to protect um, in one way or another, right? Not protect in a weird way, but you want to have integrity in the way that you tell the story, right? Yeah, of course. And so me on the other no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Um, and so, but I do know that there was a lot of confusion during that time. There was a lot of pain. I remember, um, obviously, like, um, as your friends, like, uh, Ashley and I, we would pray for you all the time. And we were also very confused. Like, we would be like, Lord, like, what's going on? And it, we took that seriously as well, where it's like, you, you know, that, that vow, the vow, <laughs> that vow when you as attendance of a of a wedding right where it's like speak now forever hold your peace mm-hmm. like me and Ashley were like no like we're gonna speak life and we're gonna speak life right obviously not in a weird cultish way but we were like no like if she kind of because we, we also said the same thing like if you want to dump this dude like dump him yeah but if not then we're in the fight with you right and so that I remember that that was just very hard because and I think the the biggest pain in that was but you did everything right like it just made no sense. To this day, it doesn't make sense. But um, No, you guys, honestly, you guys were such a huge support in that because I, throughout the entire process, I had every faith, every faith that this was going to work out, yeah. that we were going to make it through this. This was just going to be a part of our testimony, right. you know. And um, so I never wanted to say anything bad about him during this time. Because I didn't want, because I had such genuine faith that this right. was going to work out, I didn't want to ruin his reputation right. and the reputation of our marriage. I didn't want to have to backtrack on anything that I would say or regret anything. Right. So you guys were such a major help in that because I would come to you and be like, oh, you said X, Y, Z, and he did X, Y, Z, you know, and like, yeah. and you always responded with, okay, like, 
how do you want us like how do you want us to respond yeah how do we respond to this <laughs> and Meanwhile, i was like, like just pray and you guys would you guys never talk bad and that would have made things worse for me because if you guys did start talking bad then i would have really started questioning is this over yeah and at that time i wasn't ready for that i wasn't right. ready to hear that so you would declare that you know just freedom over this victory over this and so you and ashley both were just such a huge support in that because you never we didn't just sit there and like it wasn't gossip hour it wasn't like right. oh this fool let's roll up our sleeves you know you guys were well, such a huge support well, in our hearts, did. yes <laughs> i knew you did but you were there to support me above yeah. all and you just you sat there and you just immediately start praying with me and speaking life over him as well right. and that was such a blessing yeah because you know we all loved him one way or another like we and i mean we still do it's just different now like <laughs> yeah. um okay she so, held up her fist <laughs> for our <laughs> listeners uh, <laughs> Um, okay, so, all right, so then you went through the whole thing, and I know that that in itself can be an entire, um, episode in itself, because I know that you guys were being mentored, you guys were seeking yes. accountability, um, you went to the intensive thing, as you said, mm -hmm. and there was just, there was so many things going on, right, and so, now, though, we're at this part where now the divorce went through, you decided, um, this is it, so, what do you think has been the biggest thing that God has spoken to you throughout this entire process? Because it must be very difficult. Again, like to me, the biggest thing is the confusion. Like the confusion because you thought one plus one equals two, right? Yeah. But it's not like that. And and honestly, it even reminds me of Jesus because like it says in the word that Jesus was like the perfect spotless lamb. And even, you know, people declaring it, like John the Baptist, as soon as he saw Jesus, was like, here comes the lamb of the Lamb of God here to come and take away the sin of the world. And of course, I'm not saying that you were without sin or without blame or anything like that, because I do know that you guys had your little fights and little things of that nature. Like, I understand that, but that's just the process of life, right? But there's still that confusion because it's like, okay, well, how? Like, how could this have happened? And so how have you dealt with that? And like, how have you found the strength to move forward when a lot of people would have used this as an excuse to be angry at God. Yeah. And I think even not, I think that's the biggest thing, be angry at God. Like yeah. how have you been able to maneuver through that? Um, it is funny that you say that. I have I think the number one question we get from, from non-Christians or people who walked away from the faith is that, how can you believe in a God when bad things happen? Mm. And what I can say from my experience is I couldn't have gotten through this without God. <laughs> That's good, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't have. Um, I guess the advice, the best advice that I can give to anybody who's gone through not just divorce, but any kind of betrayal is um, first remember that God went through it. Creator of all things, king of all kings. Um, he himself had to divorce Israel. That's mm. listed in both Jeremiah and in Hosea. I mean, I couldn't have in any way moved forward with this decision unless I read up every scripture mm -hmm. that dealt with the topic. Um, and after, I remember after after divorce, I was following through with that scripture and I'm just crying out to God. And I'm reading in Hosea how he had to divorce Israel because of her adultery and because um, of her sin and how God was so brokenhearted. And read the story of Hosea, guys. It's, it's a beautiful story. Mm -hmm. Um, and how he longed for her. And despite her adultery, despite the fact that um, Israel had walked away and betrayed God, God longed for her mm -hmm. and wanted to restore her and redeem her. Right. And when you read that scripture, God hates divorce. That's why. Mm -hmm. I hate divorce too. <laughs> we all hate divorce. I, I hate divorce too. I am not an advocate for it, guys. Yeah. Um, I can tell you it is, it is painful. Despite everything, you would think that I would be walking away joyful that I'm not married anymore. You would mm -hmm. think that I'd be walking away um, excited that this is finally over, but I'm not. Right. And um, I've gone through another piece of advice I'd give is get help. Whatever you go through in your life, good or bad, mm -hmm. get a tribe, get mm -hmm. people around you. I have um, my mentor, who I would love to have on the podcast sometime, mm -hmm. um, Jackie. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents were very supportive. You were very supportive. Mm -hmm. um, and then I even joined a group. It's kind of like a reverse of AA, but like partners mm -hmm. of addicts. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, I even got that. And so I was in a group of other women who have gone through what I've gone through, something even worse. 
And what I can tell you is that there isn't a single woman that was happy to leave her husband. Mm -hmm. But you would think the anger would, right. alone would be enough to be like excited about it. Yeah. Divorce sucks, guys. Um, and so what I can say is just get help. Get help. Don't be afraid. You yeah. know, get people around you. I was very selective in this process of who I told because I knew that this was a painful experience. Right. I knew that what I've gone through hurt. Um, despite the fact that it wasn't my fault, I knew I needed help. Mm -hmm. You know, and I love the analogy that one of uh, our, my therapist, I guess, um, gave me. Yeah, my therapist, our marriage therapist gave me. He was like, um, you know, you need as much help as he needs because of what he put you through. Mm -hmm. Because, and a lot of women deny that, I don't want to say just women, but victims of, yeah. you know, betrayal, right. deny that because they feel like, well, it's not my fault. And so they just stuff it, they bury it, and yeah. then it just becomes worse and it turns into bitterness. He goes, but the, the analogy that they use, I think is perfect because imagine you're the passenger in a car and your husband just goes crazy and steers the car right into a tree. Mm -hmm. You're both hurt now. Mm -hmm. When the ambulance comes, you're not going to tell the ambulance, no, 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 I'm fine. Mm. Help him. He's the one that crashed the car. Yeah. You know, no, you're hurt. Yes. You need help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need time to heal. Yeah. You need time to address that. And so that's exactly what this is. Um, whether it's my fault or not, I got hurt. Yeah. And I needed help. Yeah. And so that would be my advice as well to people is recognize that when you're hurt, you're hurt. Yeah, and that's good because I think it gives you a level of accountability of the situation mm -hmm. that's happening because let's say that the person in a parallel universe is actually doing the work that they need to be doing, right? So then what happens or what can ultimately happen is if you're not working out that pain or that whatever, then that's where the resentment comes in, mm -hmm. right? And so then now you start still identifying that person as the person that hurt you, which is true, right, to a certain level and extent. But it's like if they're trying to be better, I'm not saying that without accountability and without doing the work and all that stuff. Like there is a level of wisdom with that, but you're still going to be looking at them through the lens of that experience, right? And so um, that's really good. And yeah, I think um, finding that help for yourself is really good too. Yeah. And being careful with who you allow into those situations, yes. right? Because um, again, you want to, uh, I know that Jackie and Jose, they were vital, vital instruments in this. And if I know anything about Jackie and Jose is that they'll be crying with you. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> they'll be crying with you. They'll be angry with you. And um, if they'll be the way that we describe that Jesus heart, right, where Jesus is an advocate for all parties involved, like, I know that they're the same way, you know. And so I know that that's why a lot of people trust them when it comes to that. And so, okay, so now you're experiencing this and, now you have to navigate through the church world, right? Because as you said, not just in this in this podcast, but you've said in, in other podcasts, like you love the church. Like to you, you've I know for a fact like that you've always carried that title of like being a pastor's daughter. Um seriously. Like it's never yeah. been a small thing for you. Um and so how has that been navigating divorce? I know that you touched on it briefly when we first started, but how has that been being in the church? And when, just so that our listeners know, when I say the church, I don't mean Greater Works Christian Church. I mean, in general, yeah, the right? The body of Christ as a whole. Um, because I would like to say, and I mean, your experience is different. And if I know anything about our churches, if, it's, if I'm saying the wrong thing, you tell us. But <laughs> um, I think our church accepts the rawness, right? Like, yeah. For, sure. for the most part, to the point where we, I think we're, we make it uncomfortable sometimes because we accept the rawness, but we're like, okay, but how do you, as I ask you even to you, like, how do you want us to respond to this, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, because a lot of people in the church, like, we all have these crazy background stories. We all mm -hmm. have our testimonies, like, and again, the moment that we start denying that we've come from brokenness is the moment that we lose sight of who Jesus is, right? Yeah. Because Jesus came, um, there's a scripture, I think it's in Luke, that says that um, it's only the sick that need a physician. Mm -hmm. And so if he came for the sick, like, why am I going to pretend like I'm walking yeah. around without sin? Like, it's crazy to me. It's crazy. And so, um, you know, when you mentioned to me that you were afraid of, like, the way that the community was going to see it or whatever, to me, it was mind-boggling. Um, <laughs> because I saw it from my perspective, right? And, of course, like, as I've mentioned before, like I did grow up in the church and and I think to a certain extent, like I wasn't so rooted in the church where I saw these like 
uh, like facades and stuff. Like, of yeah. course, I had my taste of them, but mm -hmm. never where it was directed towards me. And so tell me about that. Like, for somebody that hasn't grown up in that, like, open, open my eyes, my ears, and our, yeah. and our listeners' ears to, like, what that experience is like. Yeah. Um, so growing up in the church and even coming from my grandma specifically, um, who you just don't talk about it. You don't mm -hmm. talk about it. You don't talk about it. Everything has to be perfect. Just, you know, like you said, you come in with this. There's people that just come in with this, like, everything's okay. Mm -hmm. We're going to pretend like we don't need Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Like That's we're doing him yeah. a favor. Like we're exactly. making him look good. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so um, I grew up with that, um, not from my parents, but from their parents. And I was very close to my grandma. So I, I do struggle with that. And what I'm told constantly from you and from so many people who are close to me is who cares what people think yeah. Shekinah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, I totally admit that that's something that I carry. But I, it also comes from, yeah, growing up in the church. I haven't just grown up in the church. I've served in many different churches. I've, you know, with my travels, I do my best to attend other churches, not just attend. I look for ways to get involved. Yes. Um, but I really didn't, you know, and I've always been taught that God hates divorce. So it's a sin. Yeah. Bottom line. You know, people take those three words, God hates divorce, and that is in the Bible. But they develop an entire theology and understanding around it without actually reading the, heart the surrounding text. Yeah. There is surrounding Context, text to that, yeah. yeah. And so, um, you know, and because I've never gone through it, I never thought about it, never mm -hmm. thought to study it, never thought to really pay attention to it yeah. um, until now. And um, so I've always known that that's been taught in the church. But to go through it now, I'm not going to lie, there was like a, a fear of judgment. And I know that there are churches that have policies in place that if you're divorced, you can't be in leadership. Mm -hmm. Or you can be divorced, but you can't get remarried mm -hmm. or whatever. And when I read in scripture about divorced was the complete opposite of mm. that. First of all, regardless of your sin, we serve a God of redemption. Right. Now, I'm not saying there isn't consequence for your right. sin. Don't get me wrong. Right. I'm not saying that you just let anybody on your church panel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but when, I, when you read up in, on divorce, right, first we see that uh, it's permitted in the law. Mm -hmm. And if we know anything about the law, what Jesus and even Paul reiterated later is that the law differentiates righteousness from sin. Mm -hmm. So if it's permitted in the law of Moses, it can't be a sin. If God himself divorced Israel, it can't be a sin. Oof. When you okay. follow up in Malachi, he really teaches on it. And this is where we see that... Um, Malachi is also a great book because he's, he's a prophet that's getting on the people's cases, like all prophets are. And <laughs> real prophet. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, the people are crying out, you know, God, why, why isn't God answering my prayers? Why isn't mm. God attending to my weeping? Why isn't God, why, you know, and then Malachi comes in. He's like, because you guys are sinning. You guys are living in <laughs> sin. You guys aren't, you know, you guys are halfway in. Yeah, which is usually the main reason. Right. Why, yeah. And at one point, it's uh, Malachi chapter 2. I think it starts at verse 13. Please read it. Um, I, I, I will always tell people, go to the Bible and challenge me on this. Feel free. Um, but he, it pretty much just states, like, you're, you're crying out to God. You're weeping at his altar. Why aren't you answering me? And he was like, that's because you've been unfaithful to your wife. Hmm. That's why he's not answering you. And um, it goes that on. That is so good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So many other scriptures are clicking in my brain right mm -hmm. now. That is so good. Okay. That is just a powerful verse. And, like, it's, it, it's, I think it's fitting that it's Ugh, the very last. I want to wave a hink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fitting that's the very last book in the Old Testament right before you go into the New Testament mm -hmm. where Jesus um, shows up because mm -hmm. it's just, it transitions so well. And um, anyway, so he goes on to, okay, so I'm just going to read it really quick. So Malachi uh, chapter 2, starting at verse 13. Here's another thing you do. You cover the Lord's altar with tears, weeping and groaning because he pays no attention to your offering and doesn't accept them with pleasure. You cry out, why doesn't the Lord accept my worship? I'll tell you why. Because the Lord witnessed the vows you and your wife made when you were young, but you have been unfaithful to her, though she remained your faithful partner, the wife of your marriage vows. Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife and body and spirit? You are his. And what does he want? So godly children from your union, right? There's, that's that's so the purpose good. of marriage listed right this there. So guard your heart. Remain loyal to the wife of your youth. Mm -hmm. For I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So guard your heart. Do not be unfaithful to your wife. So what I read there, God hates divorce. How do you stop that from happening? 
don't be unfaithful to your wife. What I read there and what I realized is that divorce is not the sin. Mm. Divorce is the consequence to sin. <sighs> and so when I read that, I was just like in awe, like, pff, all these scriptures, all these, not scriptures, all these pastors, all these teachers who are teaching oh that divorce gosh, is a sin. I want to freaking scream. This is so good. Right. Divorce is a sin. Oh my gosh. God hates divorce. Don't do it. Which goes back. Okay. Now we're, now we're <laughs> vibing. Okay. Now we're vibing. Because it reminds me even of that scripture um, in the New Testament where Jesus is like, if you ever so look at a woman with lust, mm -hmm. like you've already committed a sin. And so then that's why, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is so good. Like, cause, uh, I can't, cause even the pastors that are freaking, no, like they use that as a, as a benchmark, right. Mm -hmm. In order to judge people that just shows you what's going on in their life. Oh yeah. When people hold up this kind of standard, it's, oh my gosh, this is mind blowing. It just shows you how. Um, they're okay with that and they don't find that to be against God's heart because it makes it easier for them. As long as they can like say, well, I only went up to this line of the sin, mm -hmm. right? I didn't cross over. Like I remember, I remember I had this friend and, um, she, her parents would always, all, it was always about marriage. Like I remember ever since we started being friends, like she was always boy crazy. And I mean, we started being friends like in high school. So yeah. I mean, it's high school. Come on. <laughs> but um, always boy crazy, always these things. And her mom was like always, always for it. Her sister as well. And um, and she ended up in a in a marriage where abusive, abusive, mm -hmm. abusive. But because of that, where it's like, you know, the what are the things that says that divorce is okay? It's the cheating and the abuse, right? Yeah. Um, and she's like, I'm just waiting on him to hit me the way I can finally divorce him. Because he even would threaten her, like, I'm never going to cheat on you. Like, yeah. I'm never going to do that. I like, I'm not that, giving yeah. you an out. And she's like, so at this point, I'm just waiting for him to beat me. And I was like, what? Mm -hmm. How demented? How demonic? Like, yeah. can this kind of theology be where you would allow people to stay in this kind of union when the guy or whatever, it could be the guy, in this situation it was a guy, but even the guy was the one like, I know what I'm doing mm -hmm. and I'm not going to push it to the point where you're free. Like that to me is wild. And so it's so toxic. Like, and I just hate using that because I think, you know, it's such a cult, a pop culture thing, but it, it really is in its raw definition. So toxic. Yeah. And so a lot of people can, I can see it from that point of view where a lot of people could be like, well, to choose divorce can be potentially like to choose the easy way out, but no, it's never the easy way out. Yeah. Uh, at least for people that really try to fight for their marriage, right? Yeah. Like, and I like, and I know him. I know the person that you were married and everything. Like, if it's one thing that, and I'm not making any excuses for him at all, but I do understand the torment of wanting to be free, mm -hmm. but being so wrapped up in your sin that you really just cannot. Like, yeah. I get that. Like, I get, and I know it's not as big, but it's like wanting to lose 10 pounds, but not being able to let go of those freaking cookies. Like <laughs> yeah. there's many of us that have been trying to lose the same 10 pounds for like 30 years, right? Dude, I'm not going to lie. Watching 600 pound life <laughs> has been therapeutic for me because I get to see into the mind of an yeah. addict. Like, yeah. I'm not kidding. I've been watching it, it and because um, addiction is, is the same, yes. not the same. It's it manifests differently. For it people, manifests but... differently for people, but the mindset is the same yes. for every single That's addict. Right, yeah. And so I got to see when I watch that show, I get to see the mindset of an addict, and it's been therapeutic for me yeah. to look at it from that perspective. That's but anyway, that was totally off topic. But no, it really <laughs> isn't though. It really isn't because like, unless you truly real heal the root, mm -hmm. you're always going to be repeating the same cycles. It's just going to be popping up differently, yeah. right? And so, um, I'm not going to go down a bunny yeah. rabbit because then we're going to make it a whole thing, but. Okay, so coming back to the way that church responds and everything, and so yeah, um, I know that there's two choices that are presented in front of you when you're put in this kind of situation. One, you can either fall victim to the judgments that people are going to face or, mm -hmm. you know, the, and I don't even want to say church because the real church of God, like, is, understands that there's brokenness, right? Um, but there is religion in the negative sense of the word where it's like you know this man-made tradition and all these things like how you can either succumb to that 
or which I think the latter is what you chose, and that is to become an advocate and become a voice for it, right? And so how do you bring identity to somebody that's gone through this kind of pain without making it their identity? Yeah. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. Um, Yeah, honestly, like I said, the reason I didn't want to be called divorced because I don't want that to be my identity. Right. Um, I don't even want my ministry to be identified as a divorced woman. If I'm being honest, I want to be identified as a woman that came out of something really tough through the will of God. And that's how I choose to be um, seen. That's what I choose to fight for. When you go through something traumatic in your life, when you go through this kind of betrayal, whether it's abandonment, whether it's neglect, whether it's abuse, whatever it is, you have a decision to make. Mm -hmm. Is I'm going to let this define me or I'm going to let this strengthen me. Mm -hmm. And I choose every day to let this strengthen me. Mm-hmm. Not that that's easy. Right. Sometimes it's through <laughs> like a going, lot of yeah. It's like going to the gym. Yeah. You can decide to go to the gym and work out mm-hmm. and get buff, or you can decide to just sit on the couch and do nothing about it. Yeah. There's an easier route, but the long term is so crucial. Yes. You know, the long term is uh, disease. It's early death. It's um, no motivation, no right. energy. But the long term for those who go to the gym and who eat right is strength, That's motivation, right, yeah. joy, longer life. And it's not always going to feel Mm-mm. like. And in the moment, easy. it's going to suck. Yes. <laughs> mm. But so I, and I, I recognize that. And so I'm not going to lie. So uh, my anniversary was what would have been my anniversary was just a few weeks ago. Cried my mm. eyes out the mm. whole time. But you know what I did is I pulled out, <laughs> I've been reading so many books and pulling out journals and being mentored. I pulled out all of my old journals, my old workbooks, and I started walking through those steps. That's good. And I chose in that moment to overcome it, mm-hmm. not succumb to it. That's good. And so that's how I'm not going to let myself be defined as the divorced woman. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the overcomer. That's right. And so um, I do want to address going back to how the church responds to a divorce is I want to really, really solidify this is that I do not advocate divorce just because you're not happy. Right. I want to make that so clear. Because yes. I don't want to say, be like, oh, divorce isn't a sin. And people are just like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Relax. Uh, yeah. Because um, I know there are some people that kind of like, you know, that might be in that situation where they're, they're you know, they're just like. Where they become lazy spouses. Exactly. Yeah. And they're looking for that excuse. Um, no. Oh, my gosh. I can't. No. Side note. I remember there was like this, there's this man that I work with. And there were so many divorces happened through the COVID nonsense. It's like, yeah, like we just mm-hmm. didn't have anything in common. It's like you were working from home. You guys were alone. Find something in common. Yeah. That was your hobby, getting to know your spouse. Mm-hmm. Like what the, like uh, just weak men. In the moments where my, women. I'll give you a little advice for that. If you're not happy in your marriage, like, like you said, there's so many things that you can do together. The moments that my husband and I were in a good place, um, we ended up getting that adventure challenge book for couples. Mm, yeah, that was pretty cool. So much fun. So do that. Do something like that. Just there's something, right? Be intentional. Yeah. yeah that's my little that's my little tidbit. Okay, but so going advice, back sorry. to yeah, going back to that, I just don't want people to use this as an excuse to be like, oh, what? It's not a sin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna do it now. Like, yeah. no, 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 because then you're missing the heart of God. Because don't miss the part where it says God hates divorce. In mm-hmm. fact, in the Torah, um, mm-hmm. it actually quotes um, the divorce makes the very altar weep. Hmm. And so when you read it from that perspective, it's not something you just do, yeah. right? Um, in Jewish culture, and then uh, they, they really teach you. They're actually, divorce is, again, not considered a sin even in Jewish culture. But it is, um, it is the very last result. Mm. It is you go to your rabbi, right? Yeah. And you get counseling, and you do everything that you can. And, and if it gets to that point, then yes, it's necessary. But... Don't just make, don't make the very altar of God weep yeah. because you're unhappy. Uh, that's frowned upon. Yeah. <laughs> you're missing the very heart of God, yeah. you know, because as Jesus said, who should tear apart what God has put together? Yes. And I just want to throw another side note. The reason why um, she's addressed, addressing the Jewish culture a lot is because a lot of the things in the Bible are, ba- are can be, the story of God is found in the Jewish yes. culture. I mean, Jesus was Jewish, right? Yeah. And so, um, that's why it's so important, especially to find hidden mysteries in the Word of God. You definitely want to figure out the Jewish culture, mm-hmm. the customs, and all that. So I just wanted to explain why that's relevant and why yes. you decided to look into that. 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's it brings in context. You yeah. understand why some of the things when you start to understand Jewish culture, especially back in that day, uh, a lot of the things that Jesus did and said come far more alive. Yes. You know, so yeah, yeah. I agree. All right. So did you, <laughs> you feel like you brought it home that as far as like divorces? I think so. Yeah, I think okay. we hit it. <laughs> I agree. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a, the, not the closing question, but the, what is it? There's the main question. Yeah, I guess that's a good one. That's Caitlin's voice. Hi, everybody. <laughs> um, is, so let's say I'm a single woman, I'm a single man, and I'm listening to your story, and I'm like, well, what hope is there then? Yeah. If you did it all correctly, and I, because a lot of people, I think they're going to hear that, and they're going to either, one, come face to face with their brokenness, or two, just become fully afraid of um, just risking it, yeah. right? Or three, which is like, yeah, I'm never getting married. <laughs> I'm never doing that. <laughs> No, I don't want that. I don't yeah, want that. No, yeah. I, I get what you're saying because that was, I remember feeling that way. I remember calling my sister one time in a fit of rage and I was like, I did everything right. Yeah. What was the point? Should have just had fun. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> you know, I remember I feeling that. I'm not, yeah, I get your question because I was even there and I, I had that struggle of what the heck, God? Like, what kind of testimony is that? Yeah. You know? And so... The Lord really, the Lord really hit me in, in me that in that moment of would you really have done it differently if you could go back, mm. knowing that this was going to happen? And I was like, no. God, <laughs> you don't ask me that. <laughs> but honestly, the truth of it is, is regardless of how perfect or imperfect or right or wrong I was, my husband was an addict, and these are choices that he made, regardless of the choices I made. If I would have wilded out and had fun and did whatever I wanted and we would have done whatever we wanted, um, he would still have ended up making the decisions he was making. Why? Because he was an addict prior to me meeting him. Yeah. He could have been married to the most perfect woman in the world. He would still be an addict. Right. So the encouragement that I have is why do you do things right even when bad things happen? Because bad things happen. Mm -hmm. And I can honestly say that I can walk away from this knowing that I did everything godly way. I followed my boundaries. I followed, stepped to my values. I stepped to my morals. And I could walk away with my head held high, mm -hmm. knowing that God's on my side through this and that there's nothing that I have to feel at fault of or ashamed of. If I would have, you know, done things my way, if I would have acted out in anger in response to what my husband did, if I would have given into, you know, spray painting his car like I really wanted to. <laughs> I didn't know this. <laughs> oh, dude, I had um, fantasies. I could have hired somebody. <laughs> <I came> in. <laughs> and, um, but I wouldn't have walked away feeling justified in my relationship with the Lord. Hmm. And that's really what matters. And I can walk away going, you know what, God, I leave this in your hands. Because mm -hmm. like I said, bad things happen, whether you're a good person or not. You live in this thing called life, mm -hmm. and you're going to struggle. But the great thing about it is that God utilizes that to strengthen you, and he couldn't have utilized this to strengthen me if I was outside of his will. Right. And so why do we do things right? I can't guarantee that just because you do everything perfect, just because you do everything the right way, that you're not still going to find people in your life who will hurt you, mm -hmm. that you're not still going to go through trials and tribulations. But I can tell you right now that if you do things the right way, you will get through it stronger and you'll get through it with the grace of God on your side. And so that's why you do things right. I do not regret the choices that I made. I do not regret the boundaries that I set when I was dating my husband. I do not regret waiting until my wedding night. I do not regret, um, regret, um, <laughs> I do not regret um, following God in every step of this. I do not regret holding back my anger when I just wanted to fly off the rails oh, yeah. because I could walk away going, okay, God, I'm letting you take care of this. Mm -hmm. And now I can step into that place where I can truly say, I forgive him mm -hmm. and I pray the best for him. Mm -hmm. And I hope that one day if we ever do see each other again, I see him in a good place. Mm -hmm. That's my genuine heart and my genuine prayer is that I can let go of this 
not let this turn into anger, not let this turn into uh, bitterness because I did it God's way. Right. And so that's what I say to anybody who's thinking, why? What the heck? What's it? What's the worth yes. in that? It might not bring you blessing in the sense of that it will protect you from every bad thing. Right. It'll bring you blessing in the sense that you can get through every bad thing. Right. I completely agree with that. And um, it's that, right? Like it's sticking to the Lord regardless through everything and not making. And I think this is a part where men or women fall apart when something like this happens. And it doesn't necessarily have to be divorce. Like it could be just a, a really bad breakup. It mm-hmm. could be the death of somebody. Like yeah. it's when you've made that that person more than God. Like when you place that, when it's out of order, when it's all these things, and that's when you become, um, you're completely destroyed. And so it's definitely a thing where it's like you first find your identity in Jesus first. Yes. And then out of that place, you love other people, right? Yes. Because that's what gives you the strength in order to love other people without losing yourself. Um, and I'm not saying, and I hate that I always say this, and we, I think all four of us always say this, like, we don't, we don't say these things as though it comes with, like you just said, like it, it just comes with a sealed guarantee. Like the only thing that Jesus said was that he, what, what does it say in, in one of the gospels? Um, pretty much like that he has overcome the world, right? Yep. I, this is such a famous scripture. I can't believe it's flying off my <laughs> mind right now. But Jesus says, say, Car, I have, over, I have overcome the world. And he's constantly saying like, there will be trials. There will be tribulations. Like even Jesus himself is not over here selling us Kool-Aid. Like he's like, no, like I'm, I'm telling you, you will suffer. Yes. But it's, be, it's through me that you can overcome. Yes. Right. And so um, to anybody that's listening, if you heard this story and you've gone through a divorce, you've gone through a bad breakup, you've been betrayed, even if you've just endured any sort of betrayal, like, um, for one, if you feel like you want to reach out so that we can pray with you, like, please do that. Like we're, we're always down to pray with people. Um, if you need, like, if you feel like you need, um, connection to resources or anything of that nature, Shekinah has a plethora of those things. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure things that are like, I mean, and this hot fire revelation, like I've never, she's, she's opened up a lot about a a lot of things that she's learned, but this is the first time I think that I've heard this specific thing. And so it's just amazing what happens when you dig through God's word. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, this has just been amazing. And so um, there was one more thing that I just wanted to clarify. When Shekinah says that she did everything right, um, it's not a list that she followed per se. I think, and I'm not, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so please correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that what you're saying when you did everything right is like, you always sought God's heart in the yes. situation no matter what. Oh, yeah. When I say, yeah, exactly. I don't want it to make it sound like I walked in perfect. Right. Because made I'm, mistakes. <laughs> yeah, because even when you did, I, I, I mean, I know that there's been accountabilities that they were even like, she kind of like stopped doing that. Yeah. And so then you had to correct yourself and you had yeah. to. So it wasn't that there wasn't any mistakes, is that you always turned your way back to God. Like, yes, thank you. For you always find yes. a way to come because I don't want to put that pressure on people too, where it's like, well, what's perfect? Like what's perfect yeah. in this situation? The only way that you, that I think you can be perfect in any situation is turning back to God when you miss it. Yes. David in the Bible says that he had a man, he had a heart after he was a man after God's own heart and he committed so many sins and the reason why he's called the man after God's own heart is because he knew how to repent. He knew how to turn away from his sin. He knew how to take the consequences and not be angry at God. And so um, just want to clarify that. Like the moment that the biggest thing here, I think, um, is always look for God's will in things yes. and his heart in the matter and the redemption in the things. Like as we've mentioned in other podcasts, how do you keep your heart from being bitter? You pray, mm-hmm. pray, 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 pray. And I know that. In today's day and culture, um, if anything, the enemy is trying to do is bring bitterness and resentment in both the female and the gender roles against each other. It's like, well, they do this or they do that. And so clearly God is not about that. That's not the cool lady wants us to sip. So, um, yeah, please reach out to us. Shekinah, is there anything else that you want to say? I do really quick. Um, just one more message to our listeners, especially for those who are single. Going back to identity, mm-hmm. right? 
that's why it's so important to find your identity in Christ. That's why we talk about this, this season of singleness that you're in, yes. using that to solidify your relationship with God above all else and making that your number one priority. Because even though I went through what I went through, I can tell you that I never lost my identity because my identity through this entire process was in Christ, mm -hmm. was in my relationship with the Lord first and foremost. Yes. My title of wife was stripped from me, mm -hmm. but not my identity. That's right. And so I was able to identify with God on that level. And that's why I was able to reach out to him and know, okay, I can make it through this. That's good. So that's why, that's really what I wanted to close this out with for our listeners is use this season of singleness to identify as a son or a daughter of Christ and to build your relationship with him because when, not if, when people come into your life and hurt you, or you go through situations that hurt you, you won't be shaken. Yes. You will have that identity rooted in Christ first and foremost. That's right. <sighs> All right. You heard it here first. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in for Who's in the Vine. Um, be on the lookout for a post asking you for if you have any follow-up questions so that Shekinah can answer on our Thursday panel. Um, we'll be more than happy to address this. I know that that one's going to be also probably a, te a tearjerker. Um, we're just <laughs> mispronouncing Yo, words my, left and right <laughs> Yeah, but it's going to be really good. And so we hope that you were blessed. Um, I know that I was. And Shekinah, thank you so much for opening up, for giving us this exclusive interview. Yeah, no, this is great for me. If people ask me now, how's yeah. my marriage going? I'll just Listen send them the, the link. <laughs> <laughs> great advertisement. <laughs> Um, shout out to uh, one of the best directors out there, Kitty Cat. Um, thank you so much. Bye, everybody. See you this Thursday. Thank you for listening. If you liked this episode or we answered any of your questions, or you have a question that you would like to be discussed in future episodes, let us know in the comments or share on social media. You may also email us at inthevine.dating at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit our website for more information about our upcoming events on inthevinedating.com. And be sure to hit subscribe so you won't miss out on the amazing content and guests we have lined up for you. Shalom and God bless.